So welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. I'm here with Stephen Shields, uh, who's a fantastic writer, and Hugh O'Connor, who's a writer slash actor slash director. So the, the hyphenate is in full flow there. It's a proper multi-hyphenate. It is a proper yeah. multi-hyphenate. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, hey, how are you? Thanks for coming in and chatting to <laughs> us. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Yes. see you. Myself and Stephen actually, had, we went to see it in the cinema last Sunday. Really enjoyed it. It was lovely, kind of nice comedic Sunday film. That's and great. you filmed it around the corner from my house. No way. In yeah. Glasnevin? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm in Finglas. In Finglas. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I reckon I saw it. I was like, hang on, those houses are everywhere. And Creamore. that's the way I went. Yeah. I was wondering, there's a school, my old school, actually, around the corner yeah, from there. We, that's where were our they base, all out that there smoking and fighting and stuff at lunch but that's break? that's where our base was in the school yeah. and oh, uh, we shot okay. some of it around there as well. Yeah. Okay. God. <laughs> <laughs> the flashbacks. <laughs> um, but it, it's, a, it's a really gorgeous story, actually, um, about the two sisters and, and like a nice kind of interesting dynamic. But again, it's so it's written by... Um, a, a lad in his 40s and then yeah. you took it on to yeah Paul, Paul Murray. Murray he wrote Skippy, Skippy Dies, Dies. The, the novel yes exactly novel. how do you used to get together to decide to do a project together so the, the short version of that is that I was working on a feature myself um, and this was probably about 2010 when Andrew Meehan was still kind of the development guy in the film board you remember and uh, yeah. he'd been really supportive with the shorts and stuff but then he kind of I kind of came a cropper with my feature script uh, he decided after the first draft that he didn't think it was didn't think it was working but he thought I needed to start again and he wasn't going to give me sec- second draft funding until I I don't know what for, so for I got I, yeah, yeah. yeah so I got quite not depressed but I was I was sad about it and I didn't know what to do and I thought maybe look I should work with a writer and not be trying to just do it myself as a feature as well it's a big project maybe I, I look back in it now I think Andrew was right even though the story was interesting I might come back to something about it and now I'm trying to maybe work on something new vaguely related to it but uh, in the meantime I was doing a play in the gate with uh, an actor called Stephen uh, Swift who was so lovely and passed away unfortunately about two and a half years ago um and he so i was reading skippy dies in the dressing room during the we were sharing a dressing room and he said oh i know paul and i was like maybe i maybe i could talk to him about you know uh, uh writing and for some reason because i was really enjoying it it was a big deal at the time if you remember the yeah, book was kind of like i don't know david cameron's david photograph cameron Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah i remember it in the, it was the paper it yeah. kind of made a big deal and it got long listed for the booker and stuff like that so you know it was i not you know i grew up i went to gonzaga which was you know hilariously middle class um posh school but uh he went to black rock which was kind of where Skippy Dies was sort of based and um, so we met up and I kind of just sort of said to him look if we were to write something you write it I'll direct because I don't want to fight with you because <laughs> you know we're not having he, he's a novelist and he wouldn't have worked with another writer really before and and I wasn't super confident either so I, w- I sort of pitched him a vague idea where I was like um, Twin Peaks and Terenure or you know something like that it was like you know an Irish kind of weird kind of I, I sort of said a, a teenage story maybe like River's Edge which I loved just we'd have no money and you know suburban Dublin can look great if you shoot it the right way and all those cool alleyways and I don't know I was just trying to that's where I kind of grew up so um, that was it I sort of said suburban Dublin and, and don't have any airport scenes you know kind of thing so he came back with an idea about two sisters um, and that's where it started so I mean I know we, we have to own the fact that both of me and Paul are you know pale Irish men in our 40s making a film about two teenage girls in Dublin but uh, <laughs> but, it's, but it's nice that you guys want to 
Like, I think that's what's <laughs> different now than maybe like five or 10 years ago, where yeah. it was just like the only or like most of the stories are coming of age stories about men. Like, yeah. it does seem to be, you know, the, the camera is kind of shifting and the, the conversation is shifting and it's nice. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's nice that people are seeing themselves represented on screen a bit more. Yeah, so. I was interested because, I mean, I just have a brother myself. So it's I, I'm interested about sister dynamics, you know. And so this was about, God, it was about seven years ago, you know. So we were, and you know, anyway, went through various cycles um, with, with Andrew and then he left and Regal Martin took it on and he was very much, you know, Paul's original script was a bit darker. He had a, the next door neighbour was actually the kind of the twin originally and he was like a goth, even though there was Gary the goth. So mm. it kind of felt like there were two kind competing characters quite similar and um the the next whenever he uh he ended up kind of going crazy and killing people at a party at the end well, that is dark. and <laughs> getting emma pregnant who has to get an abortion and chantal brings her over and i remember we're in the film we're going like is this a you know donnie darko or is it a you know sweet teenage story because you're the, the characters that he came back with were very funny and sort of warm and even the two guys alan and and gary um they were funny do you know what I mean and yeah. warm and I was like does it really need this and I was pushing it a bit I was make, trying to make it darker and go you know I like the kind of nasty you know meeting the graveyard and he was this mysterious cool kid and but it felt like th those characters were sort of maybe bashing against each other a bit so so when we went back to we sort of I mean Paul sort of said what about if he made him a little bit older and you know that sort of changed the dynamic and so that's how it slowly kind of changed so kind of makes it darker in a different way yeah, as well true. like it's this kind of slightly predatory is, guy yeah. um, which I, I think is you know like that it's it's an interesting watch as well rather than uh, yeah like having someone kind of goth view yeah. like yeah no I think that's a really really good choice Great. and I love the balance of the humour in it like Aaron is a joy He's, like he's so funny. Yeah. Like it's just his character, the way like all his little deliveries. Yeah. Like it's just so enjoyable to watch that throughout. It's so much fun. Yeah. Like, yeah every so time he's on screen, I just get excited because I was like, what is he gonna come I know, out with next? I know. Yeah. I know. He seems like he's having fun with the character. Exactly. Like, he's like, This is for me, I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna run with it. Yeah. And well just yeah, his lines are just hilarious. He's just so funny. I mean, because you know, I'd seen I'd seen him in, in shows, but uh he he did this puppet thing on on collapsing horses website i see it on youtube and he does a kind of a d4 puppet so i showed treasure guys i was like look this is him you know and so he even he did a, a tape for us and uh he kind of took his shirt off in the in the van and i was just you know pissing myself laughing so um so even on the days like he was you know we told him to kind of improvise and and he just had came out with the lines sort of in rehearsal while we were sitting there and he was just so funny so um and it kind of gives a looseness to the others as well a bit they felt a little bit you know more able to do that because uh it wouldn't have been right for Jordan to kind of be an improvisee kind of character you know what I mean she sort yeah. of was a little I, I was sort of been saying this before a little bit more of the Molly Ringwald in those John Hughes movies where that she was actually quite straight and not that funny. She kind of felt it all. Yeah. And the others could kind of be funnier and be a little bit sweeter because she was feeling it, you know, and she wasn't jokey or just, you know, mock cool. Um, so I felt Jordan is so honest and real as a, as a person and as an actor that you didn't really need to, you know, get her to be funny or, or try and be sar super sarcastic. I mean, you know, so, so we were so lucky to have her. And what was the casting process like? How, when did everyone get on board and when did you cast people opposite people? Because there's some great uh, natural chemistry there. I think definitely between the two sisters and actually between the two uh, boys, yeah. even though they're yeah. so yeah. different. I know. Like, yeah. 
I know it's sort of yeah I mean it's they're like the supporting characters which is really funny you know so uh, yeah Jordan was sort of who was really cast I don't know I mean I'd, I'd shot with Leah actually for my first fest, the Dublin Film Festival I did a portrait exhibition in the last couple of years and the first year I think it was I was doing it with Fiona O'Shea uh, in Handsome Devil yeah, and yeah. Uh, and I know Fiona from ages ago um, so I was saying do you know any other good young actors because I was actually just for the, for the exhibition and he said Leah had been nominated for uh, I think it was for the, the Dublin Film Festival kind of Rising Star Award and I think he had been as well so I met her and shot with her and I said God, she felt like a Chantal when I met her and I was like well do you want to maybe and she was like well I, the Emma part sounds more interesting and I've been gothy and I was like you're Chantal yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but so then Jordan I was away doing a play and, and uh, in America actually with Charlie Murphy the actress and she we'd gotten we'd heard we talked about Jordan and I was away but she, she went on tape and I know Dave Tynan loved her you know and I'm so blown away by her work but uh you know we were all kind of conscious that she's from you know she's from Tala she's not uh you know the typical you know d4 kid so so um she did a great tape and and softened her accent a little bit um and i remember showing it to charlie murphy in, in new york and i was like i think she's kind of even though it doesn't make necessarily yeah. make sense it's like she's so great and charlie was like that's her so i really thank charlie for that so so yeah and then they kind of uh, you know sean doyle uh, who plays uh, gary he's an actor in, in a lot has, has been in fair city actually but he's done a lot of stage and, and claire mccauley our producer her husband hugh saw sean on a play and recommended him he did a tape and he was great and so yeah aaron i think i can i can claim aaron and um, <laughs> and then you know the others sort of slowly and jason amara we all knew i went to college with jason yeah. and you know dylan Warren, we were so lucky to get and on and so forth so yeah so with your cast assembled, I suppose my question is, you know, going in, directing your first feature film, how was the shoot for you? Like, it's different. Obviously, you've done the shorts, you've done music videos. How was it to step in and go, okay, I have so many days to get this done and the pressure that brings with it? Yeah, definitely the first day or two I was going, what did I, what have I got myself into? Like, because of this, it's more the time than anything. I mean, you will know you know sets and stuff and and it's just about being super prepared and and over prepared i suppose but still the time i've been saying that the monitor that we had it has like the the seconds but also has the the tenths of seconds and it just so it's constantly moving and you're going where's the time is just going all the time so everybody just stop what you're doing but you can't be like that so no it was it was it was it was terrifying but i you know we worked really hard and on the planning of it so i you know this is so nerdy but i we had, we did storyboard I storyboarded with Owen McLaughlin and really bad crap uh, drawings but we spent you know five or six days doing that and and then I would shot, type up shot lists sort of the night before um, every 15 minutes kind of a plan even if you're kind of making it up you're you're sort of going if we're if we're off the scene by you know 12 then at least we're in safe enough to get this done by one and you've, you're cramming like five or six scenes in a day obviously uh, 20 day shoot so um, you just have to be really really organised and then move like the clappers and pretend that you're not uh really rushed for time so then i was saying you know you're you're acting so much i feel as a director as well because you you want everyone to feel like we've got loads of time it's <laughs> of course let's go again mix it up and then you know ben the ad is going we've got to go yeah that's always the fun <laughs> it with is. the ad telling it you we gotta got move yeah and do you feel as well as i'm working with these actors do you as an actor yourself your background is obviously like an acting for a long time not to be not to be terrible sadly mean, long but time like very 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 long <laughs> that's time. a good thing I looked, your, I looked at your I looked at your I looked at your like IMDB page and I was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> have you taken the death becomes or thing or like or did you start acting when you were like minus oh two or god, something oh my god I know but, um, <laughs> minus two <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, did just do you feel like that maybe influences the way that you direct, um, especially when it comes to actors? I suppose it has to read. I suppose. I mean, it's a weird thing because you can't really be taught how to direct actors, and you know, and actors don't know how they want to be directed either. I mean, I was listening to an interview today with Alec Baldwin talking to who was it? Um, Stacy Keach. You know, oh Alec yeah, Baldwin. yeah, the other actor. Yeah, Stacy Keach was an American history actor. So, uh, exactly, yeah. and it long, you know, in so many great movies, and he was in Fat City that John Huston directed, yeah, and he was saying John Huston just said he said there's only two directions: a little more, a little less. <laughs> that's kind of the George Lucas school as well it is, faster yeah. and more intense exactly faster and more intense uh, yeah. slower slower just do it slower but honestly that's not bad direction because as a, as an actor you're, you can get overfed stuff by a director who comes over and goes well I just want to think this and you're, you're trying to take in you're going I still have to remember my lines and I get it I guess I just need to know simple little motivations so you know I remember an, uh, Ian Fitzgibbon the director working with him years ago and uh, a thing called showbands, and uh, he was so great to work with. Cause, and he really, he really inspired me because he just come over and and he just slide in and go, fuck, fuck with them a bit. <laughs> that was his only kind of direction. And you'd go, ooh, because it isn't like you know, say this line or. And sometimes, obviously, you have to you know get specific about stuff. But I'm still learning so much about all this. But you know, it's 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 almost like a little twist gives an actor so much more to play with because then they feel like they're doing the work. Um, so you can only, you know, it's, it's casting really is, it's just getting good cast and then letting them go and try not to get in the way too much, I think. So yourself, obviously having worked with so many directors, you mentioned Ian Fitzgibbon there and you've worked with the likes of Lassie Hallstrom and I'm trying to think more like all these Brandon Downey, John Butler, like, is there like things you kind of pick up as an actor off other directors where you're like, Oh, I could use that when I'm directing my film or are you like, I kind of want to go in and do it my way. Um, you do. You just learn from every time, I think, because you know every job is different, and that's what's exciting about it. Um, you do, and it, it rubs off in some way. I hope you know. Uh, but every director is different, so you're kind of picking up some some tips. Definitely, I mean, from John, you know, he's got such a great, relaxed. Again, he he he. <laughs> He projects it in a great way because I know it's still stressful for him, but uh, he just is so funny and calm on set. And, you know, you want that that kind of atmosphere, uh, I feel, you know, because I've been on sets where the director screams and shouts and thinks that the crew responds to that and work faster. But actually, you know, they're going to work as fast anyway. They were, mm. they want to be done. They, they work. They've got more experience than him. <laughs> I'm talking about something specific now, obviously. But, um, <laughs> but you know, it's like they you sort of feel like they have to be worked a certain amount. And that's for me, that's crazy because it's it's got to be a collaborative process and a fun process and everybody gets involved. And that's what's fun about it and makes it exciting and different every day. And accidents happen and that's what you want. So, And did anything change in the path? So you were saying like from the, the kind of writing to the first draft or the, the, the shooting draft of the script, did anything change while you were shooting? Um. It, it did yeah in some ways like we you know there was there was I suppose tonally it did and um like again because we were yeah there was sort of extra characters in there I do remember the kid who who turns up who, who almost gets knocked over the, oh the, yeah he's mm, very funny I was about to do the visual cue there and I was like but we're on the podcast just a middle finger <laughs> he was actually called Weird Tim and he had a few more scenes um like he was supposed to be on the lookout for for uh, Chantal at the party and then he was gonna we were gonna like crane up to him at the end and it just didn't really work like at some stage I know Aaron was supposed to come back in with bag bagpipes for the gig at the end because <laughs> that was a whole other strand that he was using back but we were like it doesn't really make sense we don't really want bagpipes in the song so silly things like that changed and I remember even calling Paul beforehand and saying look you know we're about to you know shooting 
is, is coming up and I'm going to have to really take this over now. And I'd warned him about this before, but he was very good about it and basically said, you know, scenes are going to change. Lines are going to change. You're going to cringe about stuff. I'm so sorry in advance. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, locations are gone. I don't know. Things, things, things change so much, but um, that's, that's the, that's the process of film. And I think he's been, he's been grateful. Like we, we just, we, we watched it obviously in, in the, kind of a premiere in Tundrum about two weeks ago. And he was really nice about it afterwards and he had to come to terms with stuff, but I think he's, I think he's there now. <laughs> I think all writers have to kind of turn from the terms that they're not going to get all their script on, on screen, but as long as they're getting something on screen, that's all that matters. <laughs> and then when it came to um, like post-production and sound and stuff, obviously sound was a huge part of this. Um, did you musically working with those actors? Were they musicians at the time or was this something you were getting in acting or singing coaches? Like how important was that? Yeah, I mean, we did. I mean, Sean is a really good sort of guitarist and singer and Jordan was up for singing. Like we, we gave her a bit of help. <laughs> but, um, you know, so it was important that they all kind of felt musical and we obviously had to write some music beforehand and we wrote a song afterwards. Um, so it, it was a huge part of it. Um, and even getting the sound of the whole film right, like... I don't know if you know, like Chris Bell, this musician who was in Big Star in the 70s, and he had like one album called I Am the Cosmos. And I remember oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Pete, yeah, Pete, Pete McDonald came to like our first um, really rough uh, screening because Treasure really are, have such experience in, in comedies, particularly. And they said, look, we screen an early cut. It's going to be painful. Um, nothing's even going to be finished and it's going to be horrible, but it, it'll show us stuff. So we even tried on the montage at the beginning, you know, this Chris Bell song called You and Your Sister that, that Pete McDonald had suggested and it's a great track and it's really sad, really slow and uh, it just set the film up a completely different way and, and you know, you look back and going, it's probably not the right call and and so then slowly going, you know, synthy and maybe 80s and mm. then we heard Ships, I'd heard Ships, actually Dave Tyne and I'd done a, a video for them and uh, I had, I hadn't, didn't, hadn't heard of them before and they've gotten amazing tracks and so it slowly kind of felt, this feels more like John Hughes territory now, a bit 80s without being that so John McPhillips that the composer did an incredible job so it was a huge, huge part of it and, and getting that soundtrack right but it was really fun to do. And do you know what it did and I think it straddled a really good balance of being believable that those people could write and sing those songs just about like they were very 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 well produced but just about it's ridiculous you know. in a way I know yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it did straddle the line of it did seem within their wheelhouse as characters to be yeah. able to do it like sometimes I think when, and it's really funny they do it in films with stand-up comedy as well where they're just they're like this is supposed to be like a prolific comic and they're like oh I I I'm wearing shoes today and yeah. everyone is Laughs. like laughing and yeah. shouting so I think like it's it's a really hard tightrope to walk and I think yeah. the film like when I came out of it I was like well done that, I thought that really that's worked great. yeah that's brilliant yeah and the Mo uh, the Mo character his he had a really interesting arc like and you kind of believe him as a rock star yeah. Like, I don't know if he ever played guitar or whatever but you kind of he was in that. a band he was yeah. in a band yeah I'm yeah. not surprised none yeah. of that surprised me no. yeah um, it was it was tricky and, and even I remember there's a writer a great writer Louise O'Neill who's an old friend of mine and would get her a, few, a couple of the drafts yeah, yeah and she read amazing. some of the drafts um, yeah. gave us really good notes um, you know just particularly on that character and you know because it was so tricky to get right and for a young girl and it was really we didn't want it to get into that sort of territory either because it's not really you know we want 15 year old girls and to be able to watch this film so it was trying to get that balance right as well and and 
in terms of Louise was great sort of going, you know, I would fall for this guy at 18, you know, mm. bad boy, musician, older. This felt a bit, this feel, feels a bit this. And, you know, she kind of helped us. And then Jordan was great because she very much, even on the day, you'd be going, you know, would you kiss him here? And she's going to go, wouldn't kiss him if you said that. And I was like, well, then don't say that. And, you know, how about this? And, and play it real so that you would. And, and that really helped in terms of just getting them together. And anyway, so that was important because they're obviously, they've known each other before as well. So they were really great. They were a great team together too. And um, we can't include this. This is just for my own <laughs> thing because it's a complete spoiler. You could just go like blah. I know. It was really important. And even talking to Mo about like he didn't, he was really passionate that he didn't want him to be just a plain obvious dick, you know, and which he kind of is. But but we were sort of saying I felt like he sort of had depression and, you know, it was kind of a depressive state he was in. And, you know, we care about him, even though he does, he does give her good advice at some stage, but then he does all the wrong things. I think that's a sign of a good kind of bad guy in a way. And I always say this about movies, like people don't just turn up bad. It's like there's stuff going on behind the scenes. I think it's a wise choice because in the film, like you kind of see why he is the way he is. That's great. And yeah. that doesn't necessarily make him a mess. He could be a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. But look, we're all made. We're all molded. I know. And that's great yeah. to keep. And I think he played that character so well as oh, well. Like great. Mo is just such a, you know, versatile actor from all the like roles he's played. And he from this and this kind of play that part was just tremendous. I know. I know. He's so cool. Yeah. I mean, and, and I know it's sort of, a, it's a straightforward, simple story. You know, like we knew that and we're kind of going, I know this, but in a way when you're that age, stories are sort of simpler in a way and money is much of a bigger deal and you know it's I look we'll 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 second guess ourselves after all this because you sort of look back in so much of it going was this the right call I still don't know but you know do you feel though like you're just saying that and like feeling in your first movie and I've gone through my first film as well as, yes, a, as, a, as a co-writer <laughs> is I think and I've heard Martin Scorsese even say about films he's made it's just like you you look at the film and see I wish I could have done that and I think we all go through that because it's never 100% perfect. It's yeah. always like, oh, we didn't get shot on that day. Do you feel looking at the film now, and I'm not saying put a percentage on it, <laughs> but how, how would you feel? You, you're obviously happy with the film that I you am, made. I you know. I think, you know, I suppose for, for me, and it was, it, I was hoping that we could kind of create it without saying too pretentious, like a world that you would believe um, where then these things can happen. I love movies that create their own world. You know, it's not really real. Um, it's not mm. really Dublin. You know, we didn't really want to make it Dublin either. So we tried to stay away from any kind of, you know, landmarks. Or we mentioned Dublin once in the movie and otherwise there's no, unless you recognise Ter- uh, Temple Oak. Uh, shopping center which <laughs> which is which is quite obvious but um but you know in a way i was hoping that it could kind of s- sort of that teen movie feeling even with the music and the look and we used anamorphic lenses and you know trying to kind of make it this sort of different looking thing that is still fun and uh, its own its own movie i don't know i yeah. feel like we kind of got there with that you know there's loads of things i would do differently and change but you know i'm glad that at least we got that much yeah. of of you know for a kickballic scramble as i say do you find being behind the camera now has changed the way you look at performance? I su- yeah, I mean, I suppose it's like y- you really appreciate actors because sometimes as an actor, you can be a little bit, you know, why am I getting this part? Or, you know, you can be kind of frustrated by the parts that come in and, and you obviously, as an actor, you're pretty much at the mercy of the material. You know, your only real power is saying, no, you're not turning down things that you didn't get. So, you know, you you have to kind of work with what you have. So that's great and exciting and makes every day different. But in a way, you can it can be frustrating too. So then coming to the, to the directing side, um, because they're then the actors that you get in are bringing the stuff that you've been working on for so long to life. You you just love them. You're like, oh my god, you're you're so great, you guys. You know, so yeah. so um, more than you would be, I feel, as an actor, maybe you're appreciating them so much because they give they give such energy in life. Hopefully, unless they're complete dicks, obviously. But uh, no, they're not. But uh, 
so yeah, uh, that that really for me is is a was a really nice thing to find that I'm really appreciating actors and obviously knowing a lot of them or working with them or whatever. Uh, you know, it's a lovely way to feel like you've already got a connection. So you know, often as director, you know, you, you mightn't have met everyone, and and it's just there's a there's a there's this little bit of a shield up. It's a weird thing to do is to act in yeah. front of a camera with in front of people. So obviously you need to break down some sort of barriers and make them relaxed and comfortable and you know or fake it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know confidence men con men are you know it's it's confidence it's it, they're they're tricking you into they're they're tricking you into believing in their confidence is is really yeah. what acting is you know it's like it's it's you know uh you know it's tr well, i'm trying to think of that simpson line you know smoke yourself in get confidence stupid no yeah. uh, anyway um, would you be tempted to cast yourself and stuff like or is that just something that is just that bit too hard to do I mean you know I, my worry would be that it's just really pretentious but um, but you know well, I, that Gibson did it yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't help yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm actually right. quite like Mel Gibson yeah. in a lot of ways so I know what you mean um, no I he's robbed for the Oscar for what <laughs> women want really like uh, let's let's be honest no but I mean I you know I, I did have a tiny cameo in Metal Heart because I kind of got talked into that, that which is fun you know and that was silly it was just a line really but um, I cut myself out I had more lines and I was like, no. Even the others were like, no, cut it. But uh, and I actually in the the, the a short that I made with the young Irish filmmakers in Kilkenny, I actually I played myself, but like a really dicky version of myself, um, coming to help them make a short film in Kilkenny, and I sort of take over, and it's a night I'm a nightmare. So that was really good fun because I got to play with my own sort of <laughs> character as myself. But um, yeah, you never say never. But I wouldn't be it wouldn't be high on my list to be honest. Um, I'm I'm you know it's hard enough making stuff so I think you know if something came up maybe but yeah yeah because like that's it I know like a lot of um, actors can do writing to create their own show like mm. to create their own parts and to, to work on the things that they really want to yeah. do but I do think there is that thing where it's hard to direct yourself it's hard to kind yeah. of you know see what's missing when you're actually yeah. behind your eyes and not in front of the screen I when know. you're doing the performance yeah. and it's kind of a shame because it is that thing where Anything you can do, it's so hard to make it in the industry. Anything you can do to give yourself more kind of agency around what you're doing is yeah. is, is, a, is a big benefit. It's true. Yeah, I mean, I know I've heard that that Kenneth Branagh has a, a friend of his who was on set all the time and kind of directs him for him, if you know what I mean. And I was, you know, when I did that short, there was a great actress called Bear Thompson. I love her name, Bear Thompson. And she... Uh, she was in the short. She was actually in Bow Street. Um, she's an English uh, writer and actor and... She, I cast her I cast her she played one of the teachers that we pretended was one of the people in the in the school and she was also my kind of director for, for the short she was amazing and she came up with so many great ideas and just felt so confident to have her watching from the monitor and going a bit more here because you know I wasn't able to do that as well yeah. so yeah I think there's ways to do it and I wouldn't be rushing back to that as much <laughs> I suppose then going into the future after your first feature film is there anything you'd like to do anything you are doing that you can talk about. <laughs> I've been saying, I think I'm done. You know, yeah, when you've gone just... so high, so fast. No, <laughs> uh, I am working on lots of things. Um, I've directed a pilot for RT that's going to be on, on oh, really? in September. So they commissioned four pilots. Oh, yes, yes. A comedy pilot. That was on IMDb and it was in post or something. like. Uh, it was there on head nine headcases. Head oh, yeah. Charlie Bailey yeah. wrote it and Shauna Kerslake. Exactly. That's amazing. Yeah, she went just after Sundance. Exactly. We so we were waiting for it to come back. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so we directed that in February. So that was my first TV 
Well, the pilot, there obviously. So that was really great. And Carl shot it. Um, yeah. And uh, we had an amazing cast all from around Artane. Um, uh, so I'm really excited. That was really fun. And Charlie wrote a great script and she's got the whole series mapped out. But it's a weird one. We don't know what's going to happen. I think we can say this because I think they're, you know, they're going to yeah. screen the four of them in September around then. And then I think it just depends on how they go down and viewership. Well, that's kind of good. But it's like anything, yeah. like you put it out there and yeah. it's what the audience reacts to. And I suppose so. that's how American you know, companies America, do it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Do you feel as well like that there's different kind of genres of projects when you have different hats on that it takes different things from you or gives different things from you creatively? Definitely. Because theatre, acting for film and then directing, they're just so different. Yes. And teaching. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, and that's kind of the fun, you know, I mean, we were talking the other day about the multi-hyphenate thing and uh, as part of this panel, Screen Skills Net and um, and Marco Halloran and and Nick Rigor and... uh, um, you know, in a way, in America now, it's sort of becoming not a dirty word where, although most people never heard of multi hyphenate but, um, you know, as if you're a showrunner in, in L.A. particularly, you know, you do write, you do produce, you probably, you know, you're, you know, you're a creator. So you are putting multiple hats on. And so in a way, it's a good thing, you know, yeah. and, and I love the acting side of things because you do keep learning and you keep getting to work with new directors and learn new and being just working on one particular thing so but then you kind of get antsy for other stuff so i did do an animation project that took another 10 years as well and i'm working on one or two other things uh another short like and things like this but you never know but and you, you know you know guys who you know yourselves like it's almost you need to keep a few balls in the air because nothing yeah. is ever going to go right away so the more projects not the more projects but the more that you believe in that you can kind of rotate and let yeah the balls fall once crash onto spinning the ground plates, <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. Plates, yeah. yeah as they crash one by one on the floor <laughs> okay so i'm um, just wondering is where can we watch metal heart right now well it's still in cinemas uh, i think pretty much nationwide so so yeah it should be it should be hopefully findable um for the next few weeks but it really depends on people going to see it so i'd love if people would everybody support irish film with your wallets thanks, make sure guys. you go see it thanks guys all right well look thanks so much for thanks guys that was great it was a pleasure i really no worries, enjoyed yeah. it enjoyed it